From IBM Cloud and Cognitive Software, you're listening to The Art of Automation with host Jerry Cuomo. Hey, hey, and thank you, Ethan. And everyone, welcome to The Art of Automation, a podcast that explores the application of automation in the enterprise. So today we're going to explore the architecture of automation and answering the question of what is automation made of? Because to know what something's made of often gives you a clue of what it can deliver. When I think about the word architecture, I think about planning, designing, constructing. I think about the characteristics that distinguish a work of architecture, the suitability, the stability, and the experience that the architecture creates. Automation architecture is often software architecture that exposes the structure of a system while hiding the implementation details. Architecture also focuses on how the elements and components within a system interact with each other. So I've teed up a conversation with one of the best software architects that I've had the pleasure of working with, Pratik Gupta. Pratik is the distinguished engineer at IBM and my close colleague working as part of the IBM automation team. Most recently, Pratik led the architecture around the IBM Automation Foundation, which is a set of shared services that are used across business and IT automation offerings, bringing Watson machine learning, natural language processing, event and stream analytics, and process mining features across the IBM automation portfolio. And before automation, Pratik has led projects in multi-cloud management and IT systems management. With that, welcome Pratik to the Art of Automation. Thanks, Jerry. Great to be here. Oh, it's great to have you. Pratik, in your words, what is architecture? Well, Jerry, simply put, architecture is a blueprint. And a blueprint is a guide for making something. So it is a design pattern that can be followed and often starts from the big picture and goes down to the lower levels of detail so somebody can build something, like a blueprint for a building or a design of a car, or even a process for getting a loan can be translated into a blueprint. Yeah, I, I like that. So with that, what do we mean by the architecture or blueprint of automation? This is the auto automation. And can you also give us some examples of how that architecture may have evolved over the years? Yes, yeah, so Jerry, human beings have been innovating in automation space since the dawn of the industrialized revolution. I mean, you can say the steam engine was a result of using technology to automate what the horse-drawn carriage was doing. Yeah, right? yeah. And if you look back, most of the productivity improvements we have seen throughout the years have been due to automation. So automation is not new to us. Right. So now there's some common patterns we see, both in the evolution of automation and the building of these systems, right? Mm -hmm. The first part of the pattern is discovering what is the current state of the process or think of it as looking at the big picture, mm -hmm. what information can be collected and what's going on. Mm -hmm. The second state is, is deciding what to automate or what can be automated. And this is the trigger to do something. The third is the actual act of automating or taking action. Mm -hmm. And the last is really a process of optimization or evaluating what we did how it improved things, and going back and looking at the big picture again and seeing what else can be improved and automated. So this is the virtuous cycle of evolution of automation and the design pattern and the blueprint. Discover, decide, act, and optimize. 
That's certainly it. Discover, decide, act, optimize. Keep going. Do you have an example? Yeah. So if you look back uh, in history and, and, and look at the area of automobile manufacturing, right? Yeah. And go back to the days of Ford Model T production. You know, that was that started off the big industrial revolution and automation and manufacturing. And in the production of Model T, parts were brought to the assembly line and workers did repetitive tasks. And that was pretty automated for that time. But if we jump forward to the days when robots were brought in due to technology evolution, and, and, and so we found that certain tasks like riveting or welding were done faster and better by using robot arms. And that followed the path of discovering that the certain tasks can be automated and we have the technology and then automating them using the technology and the robots. And this was done from a discrete task perspective. So that was the level of automation introduced in the 70s to automate certain aspects. Now, fast forward to now, and we look at the Tesla Model Y, right. where the car was designed with the explicit intention of automating as much of the manufacturing as possible. And this was done by stepping back and looking at the whole system and rethinking the process and designing based on what can be automated. And this is where we are headed. All the right. complete automation of end-to-end -end systems. Very, very nice, Pratik. I, I wasn't around for the Model T, but I'll have to take your word for it. But I certainly uh, appreciate the, the, the Tesla uh, and the approach there. So can you help jump the tracks now? Let's take our attention to automation and the blueprint for automation in the information technology and enterprise space. So how does that apply from cars to enterprises? And interestingly, you know, most advances we have seen recently are in the area of information technology, where complete systems are fully automated with minimal human interaction. And these have been built on custom platforms, mm -hmm. which collect or discover information, decide on what action to take, and then automatically take the action and observe and optimize. I mean, let's look at a business of ride sharing, like Uber mm -hmm. or Lyft, and many such like it around the world, right? These platforms are collecting a lot of data on where their customer or passengers are, where they're physically located using the GPS, where are their cars or taxis around them, and the based on the request from the passenger, where they want to go, and how big a car they want, the systems decide automatically which drivers are potential drivers who could pick them up. They dispatch that request to them, and the driver who picks the request is asked to pick up the passenger at a very specific point. Yeah. And then, you know, and, and then the, when the driver drops off the passenger all throughout the way, the system's giving and discovering where they are and what the estimated time of arrival is. And when the passenger is dropped off, you know, charging his credit card all the time. And this is happening for hundreds of thousands of passengers at any given point in time throughout the United States and the rest of the world. So think about the scale of automation these systems are running and right. nobody behind the scenes is actually deciding what's going on. Yep. Now, now imagine um, a general purpose system that provides the ability to collect information, any information really, real-time or static, provides the ability to process this using AI to make decisions on what to do, when to do it, and then enable taking the action and then observing, allowing these optimizations to take place over time. Now, such a system can be used for businesses, say passenger alerting system for airlines or IT systems. And these systems are cloud scalable and use technologies like Kafka, which is an event streaming platform, and Flink and AI. And these are just technologies 
which do the various aspects of all of, of the action of discovering, deciding, acting, and, uh, and optimizing. And then these interface with other real-world systems and IT systems to observe and act. And this is the AI-powered platform that we are working on in IBM for enterprises. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, uh, Pratik. And I happen to know that at least one of your jobs, one of your day jobs is you're the, the chief architect for our automation foundation. And I happen to also know you, we use several of these technologies in our automation products. Can you attest to their global scale? Do they scale at the Uber level? Yeah, so one of the things we are building for is what I call planet scale systems. These systems run in the cloud, scale to millions of events, run and are capable of running large and global enterprises which have offices around the world or which can do business around the world, can have millions of transactions flowing through. And that is the real goal. That is where I see the future going, is these large worldwide systems, whether uh, it's airlines or shipping or banking transactions, they are all looking for planet-scale AI-driven automation. Yeah. So let's pull AI into this because it sounds like you're building out this kind of global brain driven by events and fueled by AI. But let's talk about the role of AI in, in automation and this blueprint of automation architecture. So AI is playing a more and more significant role in automating processes. And AI is replacing some of the role which humans did for simpler decision making. In fact, if you look forward even five or 10 years, I believe you will see some form of AI will be present in most systems we interact with. And this AI will assist humans in automating mundane tasks from ordering groceries to managing bills to managing appointments. And we are seeing some of these appear already. But if you look at the large enterprises, they will be automating their businesses and IT as much as possible. And this gives them more resiliency, more scale, more ability to adapt and to use their human capital in more creative ways. And behind all of these sophisticated AI-driven systems is going to be an automation platform designed mm -hmm. for mm -hmm. them to automate their business and IT. And if you think about it, you know, all the interactions we have with our banks, airlines and trains and everything we interact with will have AI-driven automation on the back. And we have to accept that similar to the ubiquitous nature of internet and mobile phones and devices, these AI-driven systems are going to be here to stay. Let's, let's bring it home with where do you see this going? Uh, what does it look five, 10 years down? What, where's the future here for architecture and automation? So I see the evolution and the growth of these large worldwide systems. Airlines, shipping, banking are all going to use these planet-scale, event-driven, AI-powered automation systems running in the cloud. So think of an airline, knowing where all the planes are, where all the passengers are, how far they are from the gate for boarding, and the AI determining will they make it to the gate, allocating a seat to another waiting passenger if they determine that this person cannot make it to the gate in time, and rebooking that passenger who missed the flight, and notifying the passenger that here's the new booking and sending them coupons for a place to eat while waiting, understanding weather delays, rerouting aeroplanes, making sure all the adjustments are done to the downstream schedules. All of this happening at world scale automatically. So that's where I see it going. A planet-wide systems for event-based architectures, AI powering the decision-making. And what this really means is this is going to have a profound impact on the kind of jobs we humans will do and will not do in the future. And that's the world we're looking forward to in the AI-powered automation space. Wow. Okay. That is certainly both impressive and inspiring, Pratik. And ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to The Art of Automation with guest Pratik Gupta 
IBM Distinguished Engineer, and one of our most senior automation software architects at IBM. I kicked off this episode with the thought that a discussion around automation architecture might tee up what automation is made of, and thereby helping us understand what it's best used for. And Pratik did not disappoint. He laid down the blueprint of automation as a virtuous cycle of discovery, decisions, actions, and continuous optimization based on historic learning. And with that, some solid examples of the evolution of this process as seen in the automotive industry, from the Model T to the Tesla Model Y, which is a car designed with automation at its core. He then jumped the tracks from autos to enterprise and how this four-step process is being used at scale at companies like Uber. And last, he shared a bit on the inside look at the AI-powered automation platform that we're working on back home at IBM and how it's being designed for automation at planet scale running in the cloud and how it improves decision-making for airlines, banking, insurance, retail, and the industry at large. Well, that's it. And once again, I'd like to thank Pratik and also thank you all for listening. This is Jerry Cuomo, IBM Fellow and Chief Technology Officer of Automation at IBM. See you again on an upcoming episode. Mm.